Chapter Thirteen of The Haunted Hangar by Van Powell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Chapter Thirteen: The Hoodoo Strikes. Hello, Sandy. How are you, Dick? Larry met the returning chums as they climbed to the small estate wharf from the yacht tender, and while they strolled up the path, he asked eagerly anything new anything suspicious not even our sandy could discover a thing dick confided those emeralds aren't on the yacht sandy declared captain parks helped us by sending most of the crew ashore while mr everdale took his wife to their woods camp we went over the yacht with a fine-tooth comb dick broke in we did make one big discovery though larry turned toward him quickly what dick tried to conceal the twinkle in his eye but it got the better of him as he explained we found a string of beautiful perfect emeralds in the stewardess's cabin hung up on a nail honestly positively larry the finest that ever came out of a ten-cent store oh you sandy suspected her right away went on the jovial one but no arrest was made what have you discovered sandy asked larry quickly to cover his impulse toward assaulting the teasing chum not a thing except i learned that the injured pilot was able to sit up and i went to see him dick and sandy waited anxiously for a revelation but larry was unable to give one he is named tommy larson larry informed them he's getting well fast he was glad that his passenger had been wrong in suspecting the everdales you didn't tell him the emeralds we found were the imitations no sandy he thinks they were the real ones what did he say to explain about his passenger not helping him and then taking the boat the man came while i was there larry told dick he is named dean and he's a nice-looking quiet chap it seems that when he landed with his chute he came down and struck some driftwood or an old log and it knocked the wind out of him when he got back strength to cut himself loose he tried to get to the seaplane but his landing as i explained the location well you saw it when he flew over his landing was made a couple of hundred yards away i got the gardener to take me to the place yesterday in the hydroplane there was a big sunken log close to the torn chute did he see you that day no he tried to swim over turned sick crawled onto some mud that was out of water and stayed there i guess he fainted when he managed to get there we had taken tommy larson away so he's cleared i don't see that why sandy we left with the pilot i mean jeff did then the hydroplane came for me and when he got there afterward don't you see that if he was guilty of anything he'd have taken the chewing gum he might have seen that one chunk was gone suspected that the hiding place was discovered and left the rest suspicious sandy dick laughed with twenty-nine lovely emeralds to recover and a rubber boat to get away in all right all right he's an innocent man as innocent as the man i helped capture mr everdale's friend that man we put on the wrecking tug for five hours everybody is innocent declared dick sandy my advice to you 
for your birthday tomorrow is to turn over a new leaf and instead of looking for people to suspect try to think where those emeralds can be they're not on the yacht you say larry said to take away the sting to sandy's pride they aren't in the old house they were taken from the captain's safe where did they go you tell me who knew the way to get into the captain's safe and i'll try to get the emeralds captain park says no one ever was told that combination all right dick sandy replied to the chum who had just spoken you've answered larry's question golly glory gracious it does look that way who else could be safer he says the emeralds were gone and his word is his bond oh yes then the emeralds won't be found concluded dick captain parks had been ashore and away hours at a time here and in maine let's see if mr everdale won't listen to us about that now dick's suggestion was followed the millionaire listened gravely to their statement and broke into a hearty laugh <laughs> as i live and breathe he said you members of jeff's sky patrol are working for the wrong side you ought to be with that london lad who suspects my wife and her cousin miss serena and me oh this is great you are helping me a whole lot i think i must increase the allowances for suspicious sandy detective dick and uh, follow the leader larry he turned his frowning lips and smiling eyes on the latter i'm amazed at you though jeff says you've got good judgment captain parks had opportunity he knew you would take his word no one else knew his safe combination isn't that common sense sir it's a kind of sense that's common enough but who else could get the emeralds persisted sandy well let's see besides captain parks there's his voice trailed off once he shook his head at some thought once he scowled finally he shook his head defiantly as i live and breathe it looks but i won't believe it not billy parks he's all right sir larry said we thought we ought to report what came into our minds but we can't prove anything of course all right my boy watch him trail him whatever you like i'll give you each a thousand dollars if you can prove how can we unless we catch him and the emeralds are gone the millionaire swung on sandy as the youth spoke wait let me finish a thousand dollars if you'll prove parks is innocent oh he turned dismissing them as he greeted his cousin miss serena who had declared that his wife would be better off alone to rest in the quiet camp in maine miss serena with a will of her own had come back determined if the rich man proposed to stay at his old estate that she would assemble a group of servants and manage the house for him the three chums sidled out neither of the three counting on the payment of that to them large sum there's money we'll never get said sandy the others agreed sandy's birthday dawned hot but clear with a good steady south wind blowing the rich man had not forgotten sandy a fine set of books awaited him at the breakfast table a set of engineering books that he would prize and study for many years larry's remembrance a radium dial wrist watch and dick's gift the set of drawing implements he coveted delighted him jeff's modest but earnestly presented luck charm 
secured from his gypsy fortune-teller was accepted with a grave grateful word but sandy had hard work not to break into a wild laugh how old are you buddy jeff asked thirteen jeff's face grew sober and this is friday he murmured surely it is laughed larry and then in a lower tone he urged now jeff no sir i won't go up to-day even if you did plan to surprise you would spoil it larry was unable to keep from being annoyed almost angry because jeff had spoiled a surprise we might as well tell you sandy now that it's all off dick said we were going to give you another present a hop over your own house in flatbush with larry for pilot but oh never mind jeff let's go don't be silly jeff mr everdale chided the pilot check over everything and then go up you know mighty well that accidents don't come from hoodoos they come from lack of precaution on the pilot's part the weather charts for today give perfect flying weather the airplane is in fine shape go ahead give the lads a treat on your heads be it jeff said somberly he did not neglect his duty for all his nonsense about omens and such things he gave the airplane a careful check-up warmed up the engine for larry himself and made sure that everything he could foresee was provided for sandy thrilled at the prospect of a hop with his own comrade doing the control job was full of fun and jokes dick no less eager to see larry perform his new duties wasn't behind sandy in good humour larry though quiet was both confident and calm he did not forget to assure himself by a final look at the windsock indicating the wind direction that the breeze had not shifted neither did he dust the hangar nor lose his straight course as he taxied across the field at an angle to turn without scraping wings or digging up turf with the tail skid a final test with chocks under the wheels the signal for the wheels to be cleared by the caretaker a spurt of the gun for several seconds to get the craft rolling as the elevators were operated to lift the tail free a run at increasing speed picked up quickly because of the short runway stick back lifting elevators so the propeller blast drove the tail lower and the nose higher and they left the ground stick back from neutral after leveling off for a bare two seconds to regain flying speed and they climbed the engine roaring jeff nodding but making no comment through the speaking tube he still used dick shouted a hurrah sandy joined him over the hangar they rose and larry holding a more gentle angle to avert a stall continued upward until his altimeter gave him a good five hundred feet then choosing a distant steeple as in direct line with the course he would fly toward brooklyn to be out of any airline around the airports he made a climbing turn steadied the craft straightening out went two thousand feet higher to be doubly safe and drew back his throttle to cruising speed who says this airplane is hoodooed shouted sandy jubilantly and then the hoodoo struck end of chapter thirteen